Hello, sexies. You are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Shades of Play, and I am Taylor Sparks, your host and sex goddess this evening. I am so excited as I am every single weekend as I invite the most intelligent, the most sexy, and the most gorgeous guest to our show. But before I go further, let me introduce you to our next guest. Crystal Bird Farmer is an engineer turned educator from Gastonia, North Carolina. She has been an organizer and speaker as part of the co-housing and polyamorous communities. She is the website editor for Black and Poly, an organization promoting healthy polyamorous relationships for people of color. Crystal is passionate about encouraging people to change their perspective on diversity, relationships, and the world. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hello. How, I, I'm so glad that you are here. So, you know, I have I mentioned to you right before you came on that I have been a fan, follower, uh, mentee, without you knowing it, <laughs> as I'm also a member of the Black and, <laughs> the Black and Poly group uh, on Facebook, which is a, a great group. So I, I really would like our audience to know how you yourself got involved with, with polyamory, what, you know, how this, you know, is this a dating style for you? Is it a relationship style? And we'll get into all of what that means shortly. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I consider it a relationship orientation for me. Um, it started right after I got out of college. I moved to a new city. So I, you know, had to make new friends and discover things about myself. So um, one of the things that I did, I went on Craigslist mm -hmm. back when they had casual encounters. <laughs> so I was having a lot of random sex uh -huh. uh, with people. Fun. and. <laughs> um, you know, through trial and error, I figured out that I wanted, you know, multiple connections. I didn't need a lot of emotional connections, but mm -hmm. I did need to kind of know the people and kind of be able to trust them as far as who else they were sleeping with and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went through a lot of the ups and downs of Polly and got involved in a triad and, you know, things like that. Um, but eventually... I met my husband, so we were married for like three years, mm -hmm. and then we divorced, and so now I'm just solo poly, so I still have uh, multiple people that I'm dating, but they, they are not living with me, and they're not co-parenting, none of that stuff. So Okay, and for those who don't know, although I, our listeners are pretty knowledgeable, and we have been talking about, you know, poly and swinging and kinky for some time on our show, and I talk about it, and I, and mm -hmm. I myself... As an erotic educator, I teach primarily in the swinger community is where I spend most of my time. But we have, you know, a, you know, monogamous people in this set. So if you could just briefly tell people the difference between polyamory, polyandry, polygamy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's this big umbrella called ethical non-monogamy. So non-monogamy is anything that's not two people in a marriage for the rest of their lives. And so under that umbrella, you have polygamy, which is kind of associated with the traditional lifestyle, either you know by Mormons or by certain tribes in Africa. So polygamy is um, when you're married to multiple people. Polyandry, oh Lord, I don't remember if polyandry is married to multiple men. Yes. And polygyny is married to multiple women. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, since that's not really legal in the United States, there's not a lot of people that practice polygamy as a thing. There mm -hmm. are people who have that kind of mindset, which is kind of like the man is the head of the house and he's taking care of his wives. Mm -hmm. So there are people with that mindset, but they're considered um, polygamous. They're not necessarily considered polyamorous. Polyamory is um, its own kind of umbrella where people are having uh, sexual and emotional relationships with other people they're not usually seeking to get married or have any kind of legal status. They're just recognizing that they're, they have multiple relationships going on. And the fun that it is. <laughs> and then, Go ahead. Yeah. And swinging is, um, is another part of that non-monogamy umbrella where it's mostly focused on sexual connections and people having sex with each other. And usually that's like a couple having sex with another couple or with a single person. Right. Um, so that's how that's all different. Perfect, perfect. And I'm one of those rare people who are 
open, married, poly, swinging, kinky. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm hoping yeah. for, for, for all of that. And so how long have you identified as polyamorous? Um, so it'll be over 10 years. Oh, now. okay. So for, yeah. for some time. And then, so I know you are the website editor for Black and Poly. And so blackandpoly.org mm-hmm. is a great space for information for people of color. And how did that start? And why do we think we need the Black and Poly? Yeah, so Ron Young founded Black and Poly um, probably like seven years ago now. So he was interested in making a space for Black people that was focused on, you know, how we do relationships, what our history is, what our background is, and kind of um, getting away from the assumption that polyamory is a white thing. So he really wanted to, to showcase healthy ways to be polyamorous, but within the context of being Black. Mm-hmm. Um, so he founded the group, the Facebook group and the website, and then there are meetups around the country and some international. And about three years ago, I think he asked me to be the website editor. So to kind of bring up the, the quality of the website, to publish articles, to turn it into like kind of an information source. And that kind of supports what Black and Poly does, which is like giving information to Black people about healthy ways to do polyamory. Right. Would you say, and you know, because I've only identified as Poly for like the last six years. Um, and I remember when I said to my husband, I'm, I'm going to be Poly. He's like, we're doing what now? <laughs> mm-hmm. he, was, he just was like, what do you mean? What, what, is, what is that? I'm like, we got a boyfriend. He's like, yeah. he's like, no, no, I'm just going to kind of stay with the swinging thing. I'm going to get my pussy and come home. I don't want to date. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, we're not attached to the hip, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was an interesting transition because I probably didn't introduce it in the proper terms. But would you say, right. would you say, as broad as Polly is, and I've heard so many, you know, different, I've read some of the books and, you know, I carry some of the books on my site. If you could, mm-hmm. if you could say there was, is there a right way to Polly? Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a right way. We really don't want to hurt people. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but you just want to make sure that you're being open and honest and ethical about it. So if you know that somebody is hurt by the way that you're doing poly, so if you're like um, having sex with them without telling them about, you know, risks that they are exposed to, or if you're lying to them about the number of partners that you have, that's unethical. So that's ways that can hurt people. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. really poly can be a lot of different things. It's just, we do have these kind of guidelines around being ethical. Exactly. Exactly. I read, Of course, I don't know where I read it now. Um, Someone had written a blog post because, you know, one of the things I've heard, even in the swinging community, about people people on the outside of the uh, non-monogamous community, discussing or saying things like, well, having sex with all those people, everybody going to die from AIDS or or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I know they say that, you know, from a non-monogamous, from a monogamous standpoint. And... But do you think that even in the polyamorous community that someone's risk of contracting any kind of STI is higher because you have multiple partners than it is with one partner? No, I don't think so. I think the assumption is that if you have multiple partners, you're going to have a higher risk. But the reality is that a lot of monogamous people cheat in their relationships. And they're not telling anybody about, you know, their testing, who they're having sex with and all of those kind of things. So in monogamy, you, there's so much secrecy around ha- having outside relationships that really there's a higher risk of getting STDs because you don't know who has what. In polyamory, we try to make it a practice of saying, okay, this is how often I get tested. This is what I was tested for. You know, mm-hmm. these are the types of people that I'm sleeping with, you know, so I know what their risk is and I can communicate that to my other partners. So that open communication kind of keeps everybody um, informed so that if there is a risk, you know, we can kind of plan for it and be aware of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, I wish I could remember the exact, I'm trying to find where that blog was, that post was, but the, the woman, she gave a great example of if you sleep with 50 people, 
and none of them have an STI, you won't have an STI. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you sleep yeah. with one person and that one person has an STI, you have an STI, you know, it's, it's considering it's unprotected, right? Then yeah. you have an STI. So it doesn't, so it's not that because you sleep with more people, your risk goes up because all you need is one person mm-hmm. to have it. And so she kind of did a whole numerical thing she put together and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I can't, I can't remember the numbers, but I'm like, that's too much for me right now. You're giving me a headache. But it just made yeah, such, go ahead. It's all, It's also important to know that getting an STI is not the end of the world. You know, HIV is treatable. Chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea are all curable. So, mm. you know, having an STI doesn't mean that you've done something wrong or that you're bad. It just means that you, you, you know, you passed. But the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, well, the coronavirus is deadly. That's now deadly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no new meetups right now. No, you know, because I'm still dating. Yeah. And a, a guy who I'd spent some time with months ago was like, hey, let's get together. I'm like, dude, no, we're, we're on lockdown. No. No, <laughs> no you, no. Yeah. You know, like, let's be quarantined together. I'm like, no, I haven't seen you yeah. in my, No. <laughs> And my current partner from all my partners right now. Are you even your regular partner? Why would you not want to be with your regular partners and quarantine Uh, together? I I live. No, I I just don't like, you know, since I got divorced, I love living by myself, you know, with my daughter. So that kind of uh, being by myself is really sacred to me. So my partners, they live nearby, but, you know, they're staying at their house for now. Uh. See, I just would have had to. Well, my current boyfriend and my lover live both live in other spots, but my boyfriend was like, I, "You listen, you can come quarantine with me and the family." I'm like, "Don't ever want to be there with the kids." <laughs> what am I gonna do yeah. with my husband? What am I gonna do with my husband? He'll be all right. <laughs> I'm like, "No, that's not funny." He was just teasing, of course, but. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, 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 I don't do the, you know, the one penis policy is like, well, could you just quarantine your vagina for just 30 days for me? You know, <laughs> I'm like, you're going you're gonna to get this request this one time because yeah, of the coronavirus. That's a, that's a special request. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I think we should just be exclusive. I'm like, I don't believe in the one penis policy. No. Yeah. <laughs> He has tried every configuration of to quarantine or to lock me down to just him. I'm like, dude. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I, 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 well, I, you're a really good partner. <laughs> girl, please. Whatever. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, I, don't, I don't believe in the whole one, you know, one for one kind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. so he's like, so you want to have your options? Yes. Yeah, and as yeah. many as I can, I'm like still a swinging poly kind of person, so I I like the, the options, you know, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, are do you do you what do you personally consider uh, a polysaturated number when it comes to partners? Um, I don't really have a number in mind because the way I define my partners may be different from other people, so. You know, I have partners that I see on a regular basis. I have what they call comets, who are people who just kind of fly in and out of Mm -hmm. your life. I have a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, if they're, if my comments are all out doing whatever and my, you know, regular partners are just kind of hanging around, you know, that's going to be fine for me. I don't know if I'm, if I add two more people, I don't know what their schedule is going to be, what their availability is, how much they want to talk to me. So. It mm-hmm, all depends mm-hmm. on each, as each person, as each relationship grows, what, what that number would be. Could you tell the audience what unicorn hunting is? I know what it is in the swinger community. <laughs> it's a little different than, it's a smidgen different than in poly, but. It's a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, most people, when they hear polyamory, they think of a triad, which is three people in a relationship together. And most people are already in a relationship when they discover polyamory. So a husband and wife, Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, the perfect thing to do would be to find a woman who's bisexual so she can have sex with both of us. And she can join us and live in our house and be, you know, like our best friend and lover and all this stuff. And so Mm -hmm. that's called a unicorn because there's very few 
polyamorous women who are going to say, oh, yes, I want to date both of you because I'm equally attracted to men and women. And I just happen to like both of your personalities. And I want to disrupt my life and move in with you so that, you know, you can take care of me. There's very few women who sign up to that. So it's called a unicorn because that's hard to find. Yeah. And as soon as somebody finds one, they marry them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. People really like their triads when it turns into a happy story. So, you know, <laughs> unless they I go think, out looking for a quad and I guess they could open, open it up. Yeah. And I think that what monogamous people don't understand is that if you are having challenges communicating with one person, bringing in a mm-hmm. whole nother person or two or three, just quadruples the amount of conversations you have because now it's a conversation with you and your one partner and then you and the new partner and then the new partner Mm -hmm. and and your partner and then the new partner with your partner with you and people don't understand how many how much communication (laughs) is involved in it communication yeah it takes a lot of communication how important would you say because i have my own opinion but how important would you say educating yourself like via the books like more than two or uh, when someone you love is poly or how to come out as poly or even the meetups or even the group in itself how important would you say it is Mm -hmm. for someone to get as much information as possible on their journey you know when they discover this holy shit I could date more than one person or love more than one person I've always felt this way and there's a group of people who are doing this how important is the education part of it to really get an understanding for themselves. Yeah, well, since I'm the website editor, I really feel like um, education is really important. I feel like people should make it, take advantage of all the information that's out there. You know, as somebody who's been in the community for a long time, you see people who come in and are brand new and really excited and then they get hurt or they hurt other people. And it's like, if you could listen to the experiences of the hundreds of other people before you, then you can learn what not to mm-hmm. do, you can kind of avoid making those mistakes that, you know, new people make. So I think it's really mm-hmm. important to at least go and, and try and hear some different viewpoints, you know, more than two is a good book. Um, what else? Um, what is it called by Tristan Taormino? Opening up is a good book for mm-hmm. couples. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you can't get a book, you can always read blackandpoly.org, more than two.com. You know, there's lots of shorter articles that you can read just to kind of get a basic idea of what's going on and then there's your local community source because you can person oh. and they can kind of help you to to understand how thing works in polyamory wait say so i lost you for just a second there. there's okay. there's what you said they could also refer to they could refer to their local community and find out from people. Ah, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have um, I got I know a couple who were, were already open, and then they were going to find a unicorn because the wife is bi. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. But then the gentleman met a woman who he fell for, and she's not bi. Mm-hmm. And so he was like to the wife, well, <laughs> yeah. I have found my girlfriend. You have got to now find <laughs> yours because my girlfriend is not by and then yeah. but still wanted to create like a kitchen, a kitchen table poly. Mm-hmm. And he is like has been like reading everything, the books, the websites. And she's just been like kind of you know, going at a much slower pace, but yeah, yeah. feeling like you flip, I think she's feeling like he kind of flipped the switch on her a little bit because the, the plan was one thing. And then he's like, you know, but then I don't think she is quite as enthused to find, to get, well, quite, yeah, quite as enthused to read the information so that she mm-hmm. can make, mm-hmm. figure out for herself what's going to work best for her. You know, so I I don't know what to say to someone who's not that willing. I mean, do do you have any thoughts? (laughs) I mean, if somebody's not willing, then that that signals to me that they're not quite 
ready to do it. And so that would be something Mm -hmm. where you would say to the other partner who's like rearing to go like, okay, maybe do some more communicating, figure out what they need, because this is your current relationship. So you need to be able to nurture that to hear the other person's concerns and kind of respond to that before you start, you know, going out and dating other people. Because a lot of times, especially the women when it comes to like male and female relationships, looking for a third person, um, sometimes a woman is like, well, I'll lose him if I don't do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they're doing it mm-hmm. not because they love him, but because they're afraid. And so that's not a really healthy way to go into it. That could, you know, lead the relationship to ending completely. So I think you should, you should willing to live partner and kind of understand where they need to be before you mm-hmm. start going out. Mm-hmm. Yes, without without a doubt, uh, without a doubt. And I think that um, makes the most amount of sense to have the the least amount of drama, I you know, I would hope. And I think that he's gotten a few steps mm-hmm. ahead because he's been reading, you know, hope. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten he's he's gotten a lot ahead, I should say, you know, from what I understand. Um, because he's been reading, but he's been saying to her, you know, read this, read this, read this, so that we can be on the same page. And, and I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. goes through the journey differently. So, you know, some people will take a year or more to digest it and just be comfortable with it themselves. So you got to be willing to do that or willing to kind of split up and say, yeah. Do it and yeah. Own. And I mean, from my own personal experience, when I discovered it, I, you know, I'm very much a type A when I find something I want to do. I, it doesn't take me long to kind of make a decision. And as I mentioned earlier, I kind of mm-hmm. introduced this incorrectly to my husband because mm-hmm. I kind of met a couple like <laughs> I was like the kid that stood at the edge of the pool mm-hmm. and just put their arms out and fell back into the and fell back into the poly pool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I met this couple. I'm in love. Yeah. Like, Wait, I was 500 miles away in Jamaica. It's like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then they were white. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, since when do you date white boys? You know? <laughs> it was a complete oh, hot yeah. mess that was not the way to introduce it, you know. But by the time I got home in the plane, I had been on the website. I had found more than two. I, I mean, literally had devoured the book within days. And I was in 100%. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're, respo- you're responsible for your happiness and I'm responsible yeah, for mine. Yeah. So here's your book. Figure it out, you know. <laughs> probably not the <laughs> best way to do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in hindsight you know, you know realizing that yeah. no you that people mm-hmm. can't move faster than the slowest person it, yeah 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 people just need time and you know if you care about that person you want to give yeah them time have you would you them. ever consider being in a monogamous relationship again or have you ever talked to people I'm sure, you know, based on what you do and your role in the group that people, you know, maybe come to you for counsel (laughs) and, you know, like this is the situation, you know, I'm Polly, my (laughs) wife doesn't want to be, you think I should leave her, you know, or whatever. I mean, do do people come to you for counsel as well? Is that something you're offering? I should ask. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I do comment a lot in the group, so I, I'm giving a lot of free advice away. But I do have some people um, messaging me private, privately, you know, because exactly. they don't want to put all their business out there. But, you know, I'm part of the breakup crowd. So, you know, if somebody says their relationship is not working, I'm like, why not break up? You know, you mm-hmm. can only be happier if you're if you're alone, you know. So when I divorced my husband, it was, it was mm-hmm. one of the best things that happened to me. So um, you're, yeah, I'm you're happy to tell people. <laughs> well, interesting. I was listening to. Are you familiar with Abraham uh, Esther Hicks, motivational speaker Esther Hicks? Uh, so no. anyway, Abraham are these. Yeah, Abraham is these oh, yeah, entities yeah, yeah. These, that's within her kind of thing. But she was talking about divorce, and she, she was saying um, okay, okay. that sometimes people do think that when they break up, they're going to be happier. And instead of saying that to their partner, she was su- suggesting that you mm-hmm. say, you know, I don't know if I'll be happier or with, you know, without you. I, I don't know if you'll be happier without me. All I do know is I wish mm-hmm. happiness for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And I know that I wish us to be happier than we have been lately. 
So I'm like, well, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely. You know, so. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's hard to, to, to face it. You know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but as long as you have the best intentions towards somebody, then, you know, you, you can mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. mostly the right thing. And so what, what is it about NRE, new relationship energy, that when people get it for the first time and could you explain what it is and what not to do when you get it (laughs) or what to do when you get it? Yeah. Yeah. So a new relationship energy is kind of these uh, emotions that you feel when you first meet somebody and you're dating somebody and, you know, it can last up to really months. So, you know, just think of like when you are in that honeymoon phase. Yes. (laughs) When you're in that honeymoon phase with um, your new partner and you're really excited, there's sometimes things where, you know, you may start ignoring your other partner. You may drop some things that you had committed to doing. Um, You may make decisions that you wouldn't make if you were normally, you know, if you weren't in that new relationship. So I'm an NRA junkie where, you know, if I'm getting, (laughs) I I just know that, you know, this is going to be me being a little bit crazy for a while. Yeah, so I just kind of let it go. But I tell my other partners, you know, tell me if you need something from me, you know, don't just sit there being mad because it didn't text you back, you know, tell me if you if I'm not mm-hmm. meeting your expectations. But yeah, so I tell people to to not make any rash decisions, like don't move someone in okay. within that first 18 months, you know, don't decide to move across country, you know, in that first 18 months, because you don't know if you're making decisions rationally, or if you're making them just based on this, like, honeymoon phase of like, really good feelings. And a lot of things that a lot of things people do is they tend to ignore the bad things that they see, Mm -hmm. like the red flags or warning signs, you know, they kind of say, Oh, that's not a big deal. But it becomes a big deal, you know, in the future when everybody's right. Like, so don't go quarantine with my boyfriend and his family right now. That that was just. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably not a good idea anyway. But... You no, know, he told him. <laughs> just everybody, everybody. No, no he told him she's coming. House. I'm like, why would you say that? I told. I want all of my. He's like, I want all of my pussies under one roof. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh my god. That's like an uncomfortable dinner. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to bed now. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and where will I sleep? You know, <laughs> it is. Yeah, the mm-hmm, NRE. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if I'm a. I don't know if I'm an NRE junkie. I feel like one now because you know this is this is all fun and well, but this mm-hmm. is the probably the most amount of NRE I've had in. you know out of the most couple of relationships I've had this is probably the biggest one I've had in in a long time I'm like holy it's just like it's like being on a on a like whatever your favorite ride is at the amusement park I don't care if it's teacups or small Mm -hmm. world or the highest roller coaster whatever your favorite ride is it's like being on that every day without having to get in line though yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's that kind of idealized love. Yeah, being really, just really excited about whatever, whoever you're talking to and just like, can't wait to to see them again. You're talking to your other partners about them. You know, you're just annoying everybody. <laughs> it's your intense, your love. intense love. So how does one deal with the insecurities of it all? You know, whatever they are, because people tend to think that those of us who are in poly or open or non-monogamous, like we don't have jealousies, we don't have insecurities. I mean, one, we do have them because, mm-hmm. you know, you, no one becomes exempt from their emotions. But, you know, ha- have you mm-hmm. had any instances yourself personally where you felt jealous or insecure and how did you deal with them? And how do you suggest others, you know, deal with them? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody goes through a period of being jealous or insecure. You know, I've I've had it a lot of times in a lot of different relationships. It's really important to understand that jealousy mm-hmm. is just an emotion. So emotions aren't rational. Emotions aren't things that we can control. Emotions just happen. 
And so when you feel jealous, you have to think, well, why am I feeling jealous? Like, okay, maybe one of my partners has gone out to see their other partner, you know, five times this week, and we only have our one weekend date, you know, am I jealous because they're seeing them more often? And then I have to think, well, do I want to see them that often? Have they, you know, said that they're having NRE and they're really excited? Have we made some agreement about how often we meet? So I have to feel that and say, okay, I'm feeling it, but is there a reason that I'm Mm -hmm. feeling it? And do I need to request something new for Mm -hmm. my partner based on that feeling? And when you're insecure, you know, that's when a lot of people come up with like the one dick policy, you know, people want to create rules so that they don't, you know, face their insecurity, but really you just have to say, okay, I feel insecure about this can you as my partner help me feel better? And you don't do that by saying, well, you can only date these type of people. You say that by saying, please communicate with Mm -hmm. me. Please tell me what's going on. Please, you know, come back and give me snuggles after your date, you know, whatever concrete things that will help you feel better about yourself. But it, it really is just kind of like an emotional thing. It's not something that you have to try and manage you just feel it and then you yeah do a do a gut check and say what's making me because it's not that the other person mm-hmm. let's say the third person in this instance does something to you is you know because that that's you know in monogamy you know mm-hmm. you know like if your husband cheats on you or whatever and you find that he's or even not cheats but just find out he's enamored with this other woman they want to go beat up the woman as if it's her that's making him enamored with them And Mm -hmm. so I try to get people to understand that the jealousy is internal. It's not the external factor that's making that happen. And, you know, I I don't, I don't know. Is there a better way to explain that? Do you have a better way, Crystal? Because I don't, I don't. (laughs) Okay. So, so when you're um, in a relationship with somebody, sometimes people feel like they own that person or they have some type of, they owe, they're owed something from that person. And so when that person does something unexpected, you feel betrayed because you're like, oh, well, you know, they're my person. You know, this is my relationship. They're mm. doing things that make me feel good. But that person is a whole separate human being. They can do whatever they want. They can do things that they choose to do. And just because it was something that you didn't expect doesn't mean that they were trying to hurt you. They were just acting, you know, in their best interest, doing what they wanted to do. So the way to prevent or to manage insecurity is to have clear agreements to say, okay, so I know that if you are dating some other person, sometimes I may feel like, you know, that Mm -hmm. you're not spending enough time with me or that, you know, you're focusing too much on them. So I just want you to do X, you know, something that will help you feel better about that person, you know, I want you to communicate to me whenever you meet somebody new that you're excited about. I want you to tell me if you're going to be busy the next few weeks and not be able to see me as often. You know, those are things that you can do to turn it instead of trying to focus on right. the enemy of this other person who's dating your partner. You can kind of turn. Okay, focus so on how do we? But need. how do we distinguish between, you know, rules, boundaries, and agreements? You know what I mean? How? How? You know, if someone is like. I just don't mm-hmm. want you to, you know, eat your new partner's pussy. <laughs> you know, I mean, is that yeah. a is that a rule? Is that an agreement? Is that a boundary? I mean, yeah. what then? Okay, so a rule a rule is something that they do. A boundary is something that I do. An agreement is something that we do. So saying, I don't want you to give that person oral sex, that's a rule because you're telling those two people who are grown Mm -hmm. adults, don't do this thing. So you can say, if you give your partner, your other partner oral sex, then I won't have sex with you. That's a boundary. That's saying, it's kind of like I'm giving, I'm changing my Mm -hmm. behavior because you did something that I wasn't okay with. And that's most common Mm -hmm. when you're talking about sexual health. Um, so an agreement is, okay, we're going we're gonna to agree that we don't do oral sex on other partners. And so that's something where you're bringing in your other partner and you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, this is something that we're both going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to punish you for it, you know, if it happens, but we're saying this is what we, we've agreed to. So, you know, in poly, people do cheat, people do break agreements. So that's okay. But 
when you start out by making a lot of rules, you know, you can almost expect for that to get broken because you're telling somebody, you know, don't do this thing. And this is an arbitrary line that I've made. So say it again, the difference between rules, agreements, and boundaries. Rules are? (laughs) Okay. A rule is something that they do. Uh, Yeah. A boundary is something that I do. I and love an agreement that. Is something that, I freaking, we that needs to be on a T-shirt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, because, yeah, that, yeah, meme or something, because I think people believe they're setting boundaries or agreements when, in fact, they're making rules. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you to do that, and the other partner's mm-hmm. like, "Well, yep, why yep. would that?" You know, like one of my partners. <laughs> We, you know, if, if they didn't have a spoken rule agreement or anything, he just never spent the night out. And, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. this was years ago. And we, so I was like, okay. And then we had been dating like six months or so. And I'm like, it would be great if we could spend the night out together. And, you know, you should talk to your wife about that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And he asked her and she was like, mm-hmm. no. And he was like, she said, no. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. not here to cause no drama, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once we got a year or so in, I was like, okay, there's a party coming up. We lived like, you know, there was like a city between our two cities. Let's meet up for the party. You know, I've met the wife. She knows who I am. You mm-hmm. know, our relationship is great. It's budding, but beyond the, you know, the NRE kind of thing, it's steady. Why not? Let's yeah. see if she's agreeable for you spending the night now. So he says to her, he says to me, I'll ask her. And then he comes back because it was like a swing party because we will swing. We'll go to the swing party, then we'll go to the hotel, we'll spend a night. He says Mm -hmm. to her, hey, no, he says to me, she said, yes. I'm like, "Uh, what did you say exactly? Exactly. Well, I told her, you know, Mariposa, (laughs) which is my alter ego name, you know, Taylor Mariposa, you know, she's a very dominant woman, you know, and she gets Mm -hmm. what she wants. And, you know, and she wants this thing to happen and Uh, this party we're going to be going to next weekend, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to the party and then it's going to, you know, once it gets late, everybody's going to move over to the hotel and then I won't be home till morning. And she was like, okay. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, (laughs) that's not what's happening. And I learned a long time ago that we tend to not explain everything out when we don't want to hurt our partners. Or afraid of the response. So I said, first of all, don't give her this stuff about me and my dominance, because now she's wondering why in the fuck can't my husband make a decision? And, and, you know, who is this woman who has control over you when that's not Mm -hmm. the case? Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you, you have to tell her that you want to spend the night with me because she's not a delicate flower. So she can then deal with the, right. So then she could deal with the emotions that she's having and you guys could talk about it. You see, so that way she can have some growth and change, whether she decides yes or no, but then you can at least have the discussion as to why she feels that way. Or, and, or you have to tell me, you don't want to spend the night with me. Mm-hmm. And then I have to deal with that emotion. Yes. You know what I mean? I said, but to not tell her the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so to speak, robs her of the ability to deal with the emotions mm-hmm. and you guys mm-hmm. to have a conversation, but yeah. also yeah. potentially harms her and I's friendship. Because now she thinks you don't have no control, you yeah, know? Definitely. So he went back and told her the truth and she <laughs> said no and he didn't, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really afraid of hurting their partner. So they don't want to talk right. those things out. But it's really important to to get that out on the table so that you're clear because he could have gone and just, you know, spent the night without telling her and then, you know, what What? What would have that done to their relationship? You know, that would that's be- not good because, I, you know, I don't I tell everything and I would have ran into her and said, oh, yeah, we had a great time that night. And show everybody. And she would have said, so like, oh, how was the party? I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, we left the party like at 930, girl. We went to the hotel. You know, I would have just like <laughs> because I would have thought that she would. have, And that could you know how much drama yeah. that could have caused. Now you have to backtrack. So, oh, yeah. So drama. I believe yeah. that it's so important to just have the hard conversations and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. So if she's still not comfortable, we, you know, 
we'll just wait it out, so to speak. There's no rush. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, if it's good. But eventually, you know, once we got like two years in, I mean, it did literally take almost two years. <laughs> it did almost take two years. and But it was fine by me because it wasn't like I didn't want to. Mm-hmm caused the pressure of the drama and I'm like you know we spent more than enough time together so it was fine mm-hmm. and then I was going to an event and I'm like I want you to come help and he's like I'm going to work with Mariposa and and I said whatever questions she has just answer them yeah don't yeah. ask you know I don't care if she asks you a hundred times just answer her questions and the night before he left she was like so are you going to sleep in separate rooms because it was a business <laughs> event he was like you know damn well we are not sleeping in separate rooms Right. <laughs> and, so, and so now he can spend a night everywhere. And now he's a comment lover because mm-hmm. I, I left town. I'm like, are you going to thank me for that? You know, <laughs> it's because yeah. of me that you get to now go and spend the night all over the place. I think I need to deserve a thank you. You know, he's exactly. like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's what I- we want for every relationship. We want people to be open and honest, even if it feels uncomfortable to, to start that conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, la- and not lastly, because I want to talk about your, your your other life as well, the things that you're doing. I'm filling you with <laughs> talking about all the poly things, but um, the 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 thing about what the difference, what uh, hierarchy and couples privilege. What what is couples privilege, and how does that affect some relationships in a good and bad way? Yeah. So, couples privilege is when you have like that core couple that those people who are either dating together or they're dating separately, but they've decided, okay, our marriage is primary. So when you call it a hierarchy, you're saying, okay, you know, my husband is my primary partner. So that may mean if I'm dating somebody else, you know, and my husband is sick, I'm going to say, well, we can't go out tonight because my husband is sick. So I'm going to take care of him. Or maybe Mm -hmm. uh, we have a weekend planned and my husband's weekend suddenly opens up. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to cancel this weekend and go and be with my husband instead. So that's Mm -hmm. a couple ways that hierarchy can play out. It just kind of um, is a priority. You know, it's it's okay to, to, you know, to do those things or to want to do those things. You just have to communicate that to your other partners, because if you're on the other end of it and you're like, well, they just left me because, you know, their husband was sick or whatever. So, you know, if that hasn't been communicated beforehand, it can be, it can feel pretty hurtful to say, oh, well, I'm just left here without a date because of some external party. Um, When that really becomes bad is when, is when the couple, um, you know, has like a person that they're dating together and maybe they want this girl to move in with them and they say, you know, oh, come, Come live with us but you know a year down the road suddenly you know things are not going so well and they say okay well it's time for you to move out you know those two people yeah. will still have the house they'll still have the marriage you know the property yes. but this one person you know she gave up her life to be with y'all and now you're just kicking her out because the relationship didn't work out and so that's a, a really harmful way that couples privilege can show up Oh my God, that hurt my heart when you said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately it happens more than you want it to. And that's why, you know, when you talk about unicorn hunting or when you talk about couples privilege, you know, there's yeah. no couple that yeah. goes out saying, oh, we want to hurt somebody. There's nobody that actually says that. It's just that they may, by, by talking about trying to protect their marriage or saying that, you know, mm-hmm. my husband comes first, you know, some of those words that they use may kind of, have that mindset of okay this person is disposable this person disposable, is yeah yeah you know we decide something is wrong with them so one of the other things that you do mostly in your life is with the big sister team building this is what you do mm-hmm. full time no that's still a part time thing <laughs> so- are you still an engineer full time no, I'm a teacher uh, full time now. So um, we have big sister team building. But the other thing we did is we founded, I founded with my mom, a school called Gastonia Freedom School. And this is a, a school for kids, uh, pre-K to eighth grade. And it's mostly for kids with, with disabilities like autism, ADHD, you know, developmental Amazing. delays. Like mm-hmm. And how long have you had the school? This is our second year. So, you know, now that the coronavirus is out, we're kind of like uh, moving to online learning. But yeah, we're finishing up okay. our second year. 
Oh my God. And how many students? We have 11 students. Yay. Oh my God. That's <laughs> am- You are so smart. You know, I'm like, she's an engineer too. I like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not that kind of smart. I'm the other kind of smart, you know, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm also a sapiosexual. So I, there's nothing that, that I get more excited about than talking to people who are brilliant, like, like yourself and know <laughs> a lot of things. So tell us about the big sister team building, what that does and how it's done and what you do. Okay. Yeah. So big sister team building is all about creating relationships and helping people um, have stronger relationships. And so uh, I guess the big focus is on organization. So at the organization level, you want to get along with your coworkers. If you're in a community organization, you you want your leaders to get along. You want your members to know each other well and to be able to, you know, accomplish goals together. So what we do is we have mobile escape rooms, we have paint parties, you know, we have all those kind of fun things for the local people. And then I do diversity mm-hmm. training, which is helping people understand how race and class and privilege, how all of that works together to kind of create different environments for people. So, you know, of course, being Black, you kind of get the idea that, yeah, because I'm Black, things are harder for me in certain situations. Well, there are people mm-hmm. who have no idea that that is true for us. And so um, part of what I do is help people understand that this is what's happening below your radar. And it's true for a lot of people on lots of different areas of diversity. So, Exactly. And, and speaking of diversity, you have a book coming up called The Token, Common Sense yeah. Ideas for Increasing Diversity in Your Organization. That's coming up this fall. And so mm-hmm. what is that, that? Tell me about that. I mean, I know what the token is, but for those of y'all <laughs> who don't know what the token is. <laughs> yeah. So you know, when I was an engineer, you know, it's very common for most engineers to be white, to be white men. So, you know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. I I would be on an engineering team and I would be the only woman, I'd be the only black person. And so I would have a perspective that was a little bit different from people's, you know, other people's perspectives. I would have ideas Mm -hmm. that were different. I would act different, you know, because of the way I was raised, you know, in my culture. So, Um, when you have people who are like the one of the only ones, that's the token. And those people are working extra hard to be in an organization with more privileged people. And so I wrote the Mm -hmm. book to help people understand how much work that they're doing and how you can make it more, you can take off some of that load by making your organization more aware of what other people are facing as far as like their differences. And is this book for corporations, for organizations, for everybody? Is it, you know, for management? You know, what, who who is the book for primarily? I primarily wrote it with community organizations in mind. So an organization like Black and Poly, um, a local Mm -hmm. meetup group, you know, your church, things like that. So, you know, it also work in business situations where you have a small team of like 10 members and you're trying to you know, figure out ways that your members can get along better. So it's, it's mostly focused on those local community organizations and people that you're trying to recruit in or people that you're trying to bring in or, you know, when, if you're in a co-housing community, if you want to build somewhere, you know, how you talk about where you're building, that's a whole nother thing I can get into is intentional communities and land and all of that. But um, the book is written to help mostly, you know, it's mostly written for white people white people, people without disabilities, um, Mm -hmm. people who, you know, are used to getting their way in the world. And it helps those people to understand how do other people do it. And then it has really practical like discussion guides for you to talk to the people in your community to get their perspective on what specifically Mm -hmm. needs to happen in your community. So that's really, is this your first book? It's my first first published book? book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. And um, Crystal, I just thank you so much for all the information that you have given to me today. And if you want to connect with Crystal, you have two ways, right? There is blackandpoly.org as well mm-hmm. as big sister teams with an S at the end, dot com. And you can connect with Crystal also on Twitter at Crystal B. Farmer. And on Facebook at Crystal Bird 
farmer as well. And she is a wealth of information, not only in the Black and Poly world, but also obviously in the world of diversity and education. So she is a wonderful person to know. I, like I said, I have been <laughs> being mentored by her in the world of poly without her knowledge. <laughs> Just following like, oh, Crystal said not to do that. Okay, I won't do that. So I, I, I um, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing all of your knowledge. It has been an honor to have you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Good. So listen, guys, um, you have been listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Shades of Play, and I'm your host, Taylor Sparks. If you have any questions about Sisters of Sexuality, you can also find us on the website at sistersofsexuality.com as well as IG. We're on Sexy SOS Tour on Facebook and Sisters of Sex on Twitter. And I, Taylor Sparks, you can find me on all platforms at organiclovin.com. Feel free to send in your questions um, for any of our guests, past or present, I guess, and we can get them to them at sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. Please feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening in, and we'll be back with another show next week. Have a great evening. Organic Lovin'. For the bodies you love to love. How do people describe you? Are you curious? Playful? Maybe sensual? Adventurous? How about open-minded? The truth is, no matter who you are, Organic Lovin' has something to indulge your fantasies. We offer only organic, natural, and eco-friendly intimate body products, including vegan condoms, organic lubricants, body-safe sex toys, and sex-positive books. You won't find anything harmful in our products or toys. We also have a full range of other experiences, including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, entertained, and informed. Organic Lovin'. For her, for him, for you, for the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin'. That's L-O-V-E-N dot com. <laughs>